G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. And my guest in the studio is Lance Murgart, who is from Chaplain Watch, and uh, uh, sorry, Night Watch Chaplaincy. And uh, Lance and I have known each other for a number of years now, and it's a privilege to welcome into the studio. Uh, welcome along, Lance. How are you today, mate? Yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you, Matt, and it's a privilege also to be on your program. It's great to have you here, and uh, Lance, you've got your uh, Chaplain Watch Chaplain Purple shirt on, and I often see your Chaplain Watch uh, four-wheel drive getting around Brisbane, and mm-hmm. you guys do lots of work around uh, around the streets. We're going to find out a bit more about Night Watch Chaplaincy shortly, but let's hear a bit of your story, Lance. Where were you born and raised? Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's just, this is a long time ago, Matt. Um, <laughs> I'm a, uh, I was born in Charters Towers. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was uh, pastoring uh, his first church uh, in, uh, in Charters Towers. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in uh, WW2, and uh, he met my mother during that period of time. They had an extended eight-year engagement mm-hmm. because he went to Bible College or to the Baptist Theological College, and for five years they weren't allowed to marry. Mm. So um, short story long, uh, <laughs> is that he uh, and uh, my mother um, went to Charters Towers as mm-hmm. their first appointment, yep. and uh, and a year later I uh, arrived on scene. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was uh, there that uh, I uh, was raised uh, for about a year and a bit uh, before Dad was transferred, and we've moved around uh, into uh, other churches where my dad was. Mm-hmm. Um, he went to uh, Bundaberg, Mackay. And then he's uh, spent a long time at South Brisbane. Okay, fantastic. And so South Brisbane Baptist uh, there, and he saw some some dramatic and wonderful conversions, mm-hmm. and uh, the church grew, and uh, it was uh, back in the early 60s, a focal point for um, a lot of uh, church growth that mm-hmm. was happening at that time. And growing up as a PK, I'm sure that uh, you had lots of opportunities to, to give your heart to the Lord. Was there was there a specific moment that you can say, "Yep, that was my conversion experience"? Or? Uh, yes, yeah, it was. It was. It was clear. It was actually quite interesting. We were having uh, at that time the Baptists had a Queensland, Missouri, U.S. pastors exchange, and um, Doctor Abrams from the from Missouri was preaching. I actually brought my mate to get to hear the gospel. Um, <laughs> he, he was he's got an electric train, and I loved it. Um, <laughs> had it, had it, and uh, so I brought him along. Um, yet uh, he didn't respond, but I did, and uh, it was a very dramatic, emotional, direct conversion, mm-hmm. um, clear and absolute in my own soul. And uh, we uh, moved on from there, um, and uh, baptized in water mm-hmm. uh, about a year later, and. Uh, then it grew a little normal, mm-hmm. can I say? Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no problems being a PK. Uh, I, I hear a lot of people having trouble being a PK. Yeah. Oh, it was cool being a PK <laughs> from my point of view. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, um, a few years later we had a um, uh, another evangelist come through, and I'm 
trying to drag his name out, but I can't remember. But I made a recommitment to the Lord at that time. And uh, that really just honed in deep down inside me um, that commitment that I originally had made. Mm -hmm. And then after that, um, I was at uh, the Baptist Corumban Youth Camp um, up on the wonderful escarpment up there in Corumban. And a mate of mine, and I can't remember his name, but we were sitting on the bonnet, and I can remember it was an FJ, overlooking Corumban Beach. And uh, we were talking about things of God uh, because it was a youth camp, and uh, we were just talking about committing our lives to full-time service. And uh, in my youthful exuberance, of which I don't think I've lost too much, <laughs> um, I, uh, we uh, went and woke up the Camp Padre, told him what had just happened, and in very bleary-eyed, he laid hands on us, committed us to the Lord, and that locked me into that calling that has never dissipated, mm-hmm. never diminished, never drifted away from me. It's true, it's secure, it's permanent, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it was God's um, finger on me, mm-hmm. um, and uh, uh, I could not be anything else other than that, even though... I've tried to just be, um, how can I put it, um, uh, a secular uh, work work in the public service and just do those type of things. But there came a time just after I was married where I just felt, you know, that commitment's on. So after five years of marriage, we uh, forced my wife to pack up, sell our most wonderful home that we had right from when we were married. And we went to uh, Bible College in Katoomba. Mm-hmm. And for a Queensland boy, that was an experience in itself. <laughs> Um, I still can remember the fact that uh, in Bible college when I was doing my assignments that when I put the thermometer outside the window that it was colder than inside the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the first time I tried coffee because uh, as a Queenslander you don't drink hot to, hot drinks. You As a kid it was just cold drinks all the time so I've never had a cold, hot drink yeah, right. until then. Uh, things have changed now. Uh, so um, And then uh, we went through uh, Bible College and, uh, and that was a most um, wonderful period of time. Mm. I was able to, uh, uh, to really um, – there was a lot of things of my personal life that uh, were examined and um, found to be wanting. Uh, and so God turned those around so that I could be of use henceforth. Mm, wonderful. And I know that you've uh – Pastored as well. What churches have you pastored in over the years? Uh, so from Bible College, I went to uh, North Parramatta, mm-hmm. and uh, I pastored the church there. Uh, after the senior chaplain, uh, sorry, senior pastor left about a year after I had arrived, mm-hmm. and so as a greenhorn, I was thrown in to be senior pastor. Uh, we saw some uh, really wonderful times there, um, really wonderful times. In fact, um, I've got to say. Um, not many people know this, but in the midst of that, uh, there was a revival. Um, I had two French evangelists turn up who were evangelists to travellers mm-hmm. or gypsies. Don't call them gypsies here in Australia, they're travellers. And um, within their time and support from us, they went on to, the, uh, on to uh, finding them, and we had uh, almost 40 travellers born again, baptised in water, and some of them are still pastoring churches, uh, ones in Blacktown. Mm-hmm. So um, it was just a dynamic time. Mm. Never really wanted to talk about it too much at that time simply because of the prejudice that was around with regard to 
travellers. And uh, so we were just, we, it was just between us and the Lord at that time. Mm, wonderful. So I went from there from Parramatta. Um, uh, I then uh, uh, worked in Teen Challenge and I was the executive director for Teen Challenge in, for about uh, 10 years. Mm -hmm. And then uh, uh, came back to Queensland, went to Jimboomba and uh, uh, pastored the Jimboomba Baptist Church for two years. And then from there, um, I moved out of that, um, just trying to find where I fitted into life again and mm -hmm. what the Lord was saying. Uh, I pastored uh, a, uh, an extension church with Hope uh, Center uh, at Jindalee for mm -hmm. a couple of years. Uh, but it was at that time that uh, God birthed in me Chaplain Watch. Mm, wonderful. Well, uh, let's just backtrack a bit. You, you were CEO of Teen Challenge New South Wales, which was the second largest drug and alcohol rehab facility in Australia. Yes. And you implemented programs and treatment regimes that are followed today in certain major rehab facilities with great success. Tell us about uh, the importance of that work you were doing with Teen Challenge, a great, a great charity. Oh, it was a great ministry. Great, great ministry, phenomenal, mm. and uh, we actually saw some amazing miracles happen um, in and around that. We had a centre in Kings Cross, uh, we had a centre down at Griffith called the Donald McKay Gatehouse, mm -hmm. uh, which was named after and uh, patron and was and our pat patron was the uh, Donald McKay's uh, wife Barbara, uh, and Donald McKay was the man that was uh, murdered by the mafia because of the um, because of his opposition to marijuana trade mm -hmm. in the area. Uh, we had uh, uh, Canberra, we had a uh, and Wollongong, so we had centres around the place, but uh, in our uh, uh, in the whole process, we said we had the. Um, um, uh, the rehabilitation centre, which was uh, about 50 k's west of Gosford. And uh, we were able to establish something that was quite unique. We were able to take both male and female. Um, and uh, we also took families. And families uh, where that it was only one of the uh, partners was the addicted person. Mm -hmm. But if they, if we were going to see a success the whole family had to go through the whole process so that they were able to uh, work that through. And after a year, there was a good foundation for them to proceed on. We did homeschooling for the kids or that we actually transported them into the Christian school um, uh, who supported us so wonderfully. It was a fantastic 40-bed uh, facility mm -hmm. and we saw some amazing things of God, mm. some amazing mm. conversions, some amazing transformations, some amazing uh, just deliverances and, and, and uh, seeing people set free. And uh, it was actually, it was so amazing that it became normal to see daily, true, honest miracles. Yeah, wow. To the point where that when staff resigned and left and went back to the local church, they found it extremely difficult to fit in because the church was only, only seeing a miracle every two, three, four weeks, months, whatever, they expected it daily. And uh, they were very disorientated because of that. But uh, when we were watching what was happening with young people um, being able to uh, be set free, it's just outstanding. So my time at uh, Teen Challenge was, uh, was exhilarating. Uh, it became really difficult towards the end because the recession kicked in that we had to have. And uh, I found it extremely difficult to be able to um, uh, guide Teen Challenge through that. So mm. I, I basically had to leave, mm. to leave it to others because uh, I just was not equipped to be able to handle 
that side of of the ministry. Mm, wonderful. It's such a great organization, Teen Challenge. And so let's uh, uh, talk a bit about Nightwatch Chaplaincy. Tell us how it all began. <laughs> uh, now, there's a story. Um, about four or five hours before the Twin Towers came down, I was in the valley. And a fight. I should just say Fortitude Valley in Brisbane. Uh, for those I do who apologize. <laughs> Fortitude Valley is the entertainment uh, precinct central uh, within Brisbane City. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Fortitude Valley is there. I was working with uh, my local church at that point in time called Glad Tidings. And uh, there were, a fight broke out. Um, now, this was about six, seven o'clock at night. And uh, the uh, one of the guys uh, was uh, shoved through a plate glass window. Ooh and severed the inner of his arm, uh, moving the flesh from his bone mm. from the wrist to his armpit. Mm. Um, I was across the road, and immediately I, my, my nature is to respond immediately and think second. Uh, but as I crossed the road, I had this conversation with the Lord that I think took about six or eight centuries um, but it happened in a nanosecond. <laughs> I don't know whether you've ever had those conversations yes. with the Lord. You yes. know, whether, you know, you, and uh, I knew the issues of blood-borne uh, diseases, and uh, I had no PPE, uh, protective uh, equipment, on me. So I chose to be able to respond to this person's life. And uh, on my first grip of his arm, I apparently stopped and got the artery. Wow! Stopped him bleeding out. And saved his life. Wow. So when the police and the ambulance turned up, they said, oh, don't worry, he's gone. But actually he lived. Um, and But that let me understand that there was a nighttime economy that happens after 10 o'clock at night. Much to my amazement, because I thought everybody went to bed at 10. Mm. Um, <laughs> I was a good Christian. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and in doing so, uh, we uh, I started to think, well, I'd started to have a look around at this period of time mm. and started to see that there was a lot of problems on the street. It took me about two or three years to try and get my head around what a ministry could look like mm. in that location, how mm. that would work. I just don't know. And uh, in doing so, we, um, uh, I just took that and started to look. And as I became serious, the Lord then started to, and this is this is the way God works, okay? Mm. This, he adds to you mm. those that need. You know, it's like him walking along the along Galilee and he sees Peter and he sees John and he sees the boys and he says, come follow me. Yeah. And um, I'm talking about this in uh, church at, uh, at Jindalee. And one of the guys comes up and says, I'm a... Uh, I'm a professional first aider. I do training for St. John's, um, and uh, I'd love to join you. Uh, so I had no knowledge of first aid. So, yeah, you know, I'm just a raw minister. Okay. <laughs> just a pastor. <laughs> just a pastor. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and and, and as, we walked, as we went around, we started to drive, and uh, then I got a uh, I, I had a hire car at the time, and I put a, a magnet sign on the side that said Chaplin, and I put a yellow light in the back that that just worked off a battery, and we drove around. And every time we found somebody in trouble at night, we would stop and care for them and look after them. And if they were too bad, we'd send call the ambulance. If they weren't, we would get them and help them go home, etc. And we started to do something like that. Another man turns up and says, I'd "Like to join you." This man is just a man of faith. He lives close by 
the studios, these wonderful, fantastic studios you've got. You like them, mate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is this is worthy of the kingdom. So, mm. yeah, we're uh, blessed. Yes, yeah, mm. and so you should be. Um, and uh, he was a man of faith mm. and just just outstanding. So he kept that side of it going. Uh, Larry kept the first aid going. Mm-hmm. Then a nurse turned up. And then the four of us would just go around just looking, um, and uh, we developed this ministry. Now, when I got onto the Internet, and, I, and the Internet was a bit new at those days, um, I was not able to find anybody anywhere doing this type of work, mm. anywhere in the world, um, you know, and as much as I could find, because I was looking for someone to give me inspiration. Mm. I needed guidance. Yeah. And uh, we ended up pioneering this work, and uh, – and this is what is most fascinating, and I just see the hand of God in it, is that within about the three, four, five years after we started this, that around the world, ministries similar to this began to develop. Wow. You got street pastors in the UK, in, um, and they were working also in the, um, in the Caribbean. Uh, there were other ministries that were developing in the US. There were other ministries happening uh, in some of the Scandinavian companies, countries, etc. Similar to what we were doing, not exactly the same. We all have our own minor ways of dealing with it. So it was uh, fascinating just to see how God leads. Mm. And one of the things I've learned is that he is the God of open doors. However, it requires us to walk through. And there are many times I've seen open doors and people have just not walked through. And I think, how could the kingdom have benefited if we had mm. walked through that door? Mm. I had no idea what we were going to do. I had no idea what I was facing. I had no idea. But, gee, that's that short change in comparison to following the Lord and where he takes you. Mm. What an adventure I've been on for the last 20 years, almost 20 years now. It's been an amazing, wonderful Outstanding adventure, mm. and when you fit in the calling, uh, Matt, I got to tell you, when anybody—I don't care whether you're full-time ministry or just normal Christian—when you understand the call of God on your life and you begin to fulfil that call, that's deep within you. That mm. that call. It's this is not. It's not a wish. It's not a hope. It's not an inspiration. It's not a, uh, an, a, a you know something airy fairy or pie in the sky thing. But when God has spoken to you and given you those clear directions, um, the, the for a Christian to walk in that, oh man, life is you know it'd be similar for yourself. Same you know? thing, absolutely. So just, you, know, you find your sweet spot. And, and you thrive in your sweet spot. It's so true. Now, we, we are going to open the phone lines in just a moment. So if people do want to call through, 1-800-316-316. Our guest is Lance Murgard from Nightwatch Chaplaincy. Uh, and uh, Lance, uh, you've just explained a bit about how it all began. Now, just give us a snapshot. How many staff, how many volunteers, how many nights a week? What, what do you do out and about? So we, we've developed two projects within Chaplain Watch. One is called Nightwatch. Nightwatch is the response to the entertainment precincts mm-hmm. uh, within the inner city of Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, its uh, whole purpose is to respond to uh, the people that are coming out that are get themselves intoxicated. In fact, there's about 30,000 people come out on a Friday or a Saturday night. Um, in Queensland, that's about the size of Mirraburra. I don't know about no other uh, cities around or townships around uh, New South Wales or around Australia. But if you can see a, a population of 30,000, wow. men, women, children, uh, yep. you know, everybody up. Yep. 
and they're all out and they're all intoxicated, okay? So the the issues are dramatic. Yeah. Um, so we, we have uh, chosen to be able to respond to this on the basis of first aid. Mm-hmm. So as a ministry, you need a door opener. Mm. Now, local churches have got opened their doors to their, their facilities and say, come worship with us. Uh, but there are other ministries that are around that need door openers. Now, Vision Ministry has utilized uh, the capacity of the airwaves mm-hmm. uh, as its door opener. And uh, the people that are listening are, are responding through that door. Mm-hmm. We saw the door opening, opening for us was first aid. Wow! So we went around and we found people that were intoxicated. We found people that had had accidents fallen over glass cuts to their feet because they were dancing and there were broken glass on the floor and it came through their shoes mm. um, to people that had dislocated arms or breaks because of falls and etc or to uh, issues where that we would uh, uh, intervene in conflicts mm-hmm. um, and as a chaplain we were able to settle things down more than even police could um, we were able to uh, respond to issues like domestic violence that's happening on the street Overtly, uh, because the boyfriend decided, or the husband, or the whoever decided to dance with someone else, and the girl has got, mm. or the guy has got jealous, and then they're arcing up. Uh, we've been able to uh, respond to people with mental health issues who uh, have come out and they were trying to drown their sorrows, but that hasn't helped. Mm. And then they were thinking about doing self harm or mm. uh, other things. Uh, so there's a just a draft of issues that are there in that 30,000. And we're the only Christian ministry that is there on the streets at night. Mm. Uh, you know, I just wish the church had sort of not just closed their doors at 10 o'clock at night. There's, <laughs> there's a whole range of other things that are happening out there. You're on Vision Christian Radio with Matt Prater all across Australia. And our guest in the studio is Lance Murgard from Nightwatch Chaplaincy. And if you'd like to call through, you can call on 1-800-316-316. We've got Sue from Burdekinshire in Queensland. How are you, Sue? I'm good. How are you? Good. Have you got a question or a comment for Lance? I'd like a, a little bit of advice, if you could, Lance. It's your experience. I've been on the streets with the kids in council. We have a massive youth crime problem, of, and it's got escalated into look, complete lawlessness in Townsville City with uh, the youth. And, of course, they are uh, raised in the juvenile detention centre, and I've met these children, and my heart just bleeds for them. Yes. Um, I believe God told me to bring Jesus into Juvie in July, and I feel like I'm just all by myself with this. And where are the churches? Not that I'm criticising them, but it's like, um, does anybody else see that this is the problem? The only way to change is to to give them Jesus and make that change come in their hearts first, because all the programs that people can put together are not making a difference. Sue, I understand very completely what you're saying. I I have read all the information. I actually have, uh, I know people that are up on the streets in uh, Townsville um, and uh, they're the uh, Townsville Street chaplains and they would be the best place to go to to start talking to them so that they can then give you direction as to be able to respond. Your ideas are wonderful. I support you and uh, I'd, uh, uh, so the uh, Townsville Street chaplains is uh, my uh, um, uh, uh, response. Thank you. I can contact them through just, what, ringing a chaplaincy agency or um, what? How do I... Okay, so if you can't, um, uh, if you can't find them directly, um, then uh, call back to Vision Radio and uh, I'll leave uh, some information here with them. 
Well, thank you so much for this. Bless you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks very much. God bless you, darling. Go for it. Don't hold back. I will. I will. Believe me, I will. Bye. Good on you, Sue. Thanks for your call. If you'd like to call through, phone lines are open 1-800-316-316. And we've just got uh, a few minutes before the news, Lance, and I just wanted to uh, bring some late-breaking news that you've just brought into the studio this morning. Uh, So the Governor has presented you with the Order of Australia Medal yesterday for services to the community both in New South Wales and in Queensland. Congratulations. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, it's, it, it was sort of a surprise to me, um, but uh, there have been quite a few people that actually made application to uh, government for this to happen. Mm-hmm. I've received this, and I really want this to be understood. I've received this on behalf of so many people and uh, that have been on my team, and mm-hmm. uh, so it's, it's a corporate uh, uh, honour, Yes, uh, number one. But I also want to say... That, as I said right at the very beginning of this, chaplaincy is accepted in Australia to the point where that they will give this great award um, to somebody that's a chaplain. Yeah, it's awesome. Australians don't knock back Christianity. Mm-hmm. They knock back pseudo-Christianity, they, mm. that hypocritical Christianity, mm. that stuff that just wants to preach at you. Mm. And uh, maybe after it, we'll con- after uh, the news break in a minute, <laughs> um, we can d- just talk about, you know, how do you cross-culturally communicate to an Aussie? Mm. Mm. It's a very, very good question. And, you know, my mum uh, has worked as a school chaplain for a number of years oh, what uh, in a New hero. South Wales uh, in what primary a, schools. What a hero. And uh, does an amazing job there. Yes. Always telling me that, the problems these kids go through, obviously, in privacy, you know. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, heartbreaking to hear what some of these kids go through. And they won't talk to their teacher. They won't talk to their principal. Sometimes they won't talk to the school counsellor, but they'll talk to the chappy. Yeah. Um, there's something about a chappy that exactly. just changes the atmosphere, exactly. doesn't it? Exactly. Mm. So good. And uh, we're uh, talking with uh, Lance about Nightwatch chaplaincy, which is really something unique here in Brisbane. But there are others around Australia. We've just heard about Townsville. Are there others in other states and territories that yes, you, there are. You, you have like a network, you connect with them? Yes, there are, and we do. Um, so we've got uh, street chaplains working in 15 precincts around uh, Queensland. Okay. That was actually set up by the government because they took what we did in Chaplain Watch and they put it into legislation and has developed these 15 precincts around the state. Wow. So... That's a real honour mm. as well. Mm. But uh, in uh, Victoria, in Melbourne, uh, we have uh, street chaplains and uh, street pastors down there. Mm-hmm. Um, Western Australia has a raft of street chaplains working over there. Mm-hmm. So the, in those three states specifically, doing very similar to what we what we commenced here in Brisbane, uh, has been now duplicated around the world. Mm. Uh, sorry, around Australia. Mm-hmm. Love it to go around the world. <laughs> um, but... Um, and it was really interesting because the Lord actually told me, I was saying this to you before off air, that the Lord told me not to go and try and develop this as an empire for me to go and start little satellites all over the place, mm. but wait for people to come to you mm. with the vision to do it and then do what you can, myself, to do what I can to help them to become a ministry. And that's the way that this has grown, and it's grown brilliantly. Mm. Wonderful. Well, our guest in the studio is Lance Murgard from Nightwatch Chaplaincy. He's with me for another 30 minutes. If you do want to join the conversation, call now 1-800-316-316 or you can 
Make a comment at Facebook. We're asking the question, should churches be more proactive in ministering to people on the streets? You can make a comment there at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Now, Lance, uh, there was a massive news story about the tragedy that happened at Camp Hill in Brisbane, domestic violence situation, um, heartbreaking, uh, that, that whole scenario. Uh, you were there on the scene, and Lance is just showing me a photo of the, the burning car. Uh, you were there ministering to people in the middle of that um, as a chaplain. Tell us a bit about uh, you know, the impact that had. Um, it's very interesting being a chaplain. Um, and one of the things I've learned, Matt, is that um, um, you don't wait for people to introduce you, bring you in. Mm. We just drove out there and became ministry on the streets. Mm. Um, we walked into a firestorm after the fire of just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people coming with flowers and teddy bears, uh, weeping, numb, um, confused, uh, angry um, at that scene. Many of them did not even know this, but it drew something from within within them uh, to have to come. People drove hundreds of miles just to attend. And we met almost every one of them face-to-face as chaplains. We'd walk up and say, hi, my name is Lance. I'm a chaplain. How you going? Um, can I first of all say thank you for coming? What you're doing is important, not only to the memory of what has happened, but also for yourself. Mm. So how are you traveling? And the conversation would start. And then we would spend the next 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. In one case, we spent about three hours with one particular person um, who, uh, after all of that conversation, has uh, ended up going to church, has been baptized, and is going on with the Lord because of that situation. Mm. Um, And many times, and you just read something out in in that Facebook that said, well, we've tried ministry on the street. Um, The trouble is... um, Australian churches, this is not meant as a criticism, but I don't think that we've learnt how to cross-culturally communicate to an Aussie. Mm. How do Aussies talk, communicate, not talk, but how do you communicate? And the first thing that I have found is that you've got to find where they're at. And the Australian ethos of mateship is more than just something we talk about on Anzac Day. Mm. So when you respond as a Christian to people in need as a mate, food, you take a food parcel to them or you you just spend time with them or whatever, that is the response that they start to listen to. Standing on the corner and trying to preach is not acceptable anymore. Even the uh, corner um, uh, donation people, are doing it less and less and less. Uh, you only find them occasionally in a shopping centre mm. trying to get you to subscribe because they've learned that Aussies don't like it. It's as simple as that. It's a cultural mm. thing. They just mm. don't like it. So what, what's the cultural thing that works for them? Is by being there and finding door openers. Now, from our point of view, in the Nightwatch Chaplaincy project that we have, we found that first aid is the key, is the door opener. So when we start to do a first aid, we're then helping them. When we're helping them, people start to talk to us, and we are able to then respond, not to many, 
but to some. But they are people that have never had contact with the church. And I was just talking to you about uh, one of the incidents at uh, Camp Hill. One of the things I, I know is that in a crisis, an Aussie, 99% of Aussies won't reject prayer. Mm. But how do you pray? How does a Christian pray? So your first response is to shut your eyes and bow your head. Don't. Because normal Aussies don't know what that means. <laughs> and it's like as if you're turning off from them. Yeah. So look them eyeball to eyeball and look into their soul. Take them by the hand. I know it's COVID, not possible yeah. at the moment. But that's five that, metres that, apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but eyeball to eyeball. And when you look, look into their soul. Mm -hmm. Look at at them, not just their face, not just look at them. Engage before you even start to pray. And then you tell them, I'm a Christian. I'm a chaplain. Can I pray? And when they say yes, look them in the eye, get that engagement. And then at that point, at that point, pray. Mm -hmm. And this is the way I prayed for this year particular man. He did not know the Lord in any way. He didn't even believe in God. Not an atheist, just a non-believer. Total, total non-believer. Never been to church, never and I and I prayed. And I said, okay, so we don't 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 shut your eyes, just look at me. Took him by the hand and I said, Father God, in Jesus' name, I pray peace for this brother. I didn't finish with Amen. And I just stopped. And I let the, the moment sink. Then I said to him, I want you to do this, bro. You've just learned how to pray. So when things start to go wrong in the future, why don't you just practice this? Just say, God, I need your peace now. Say nothing else. That's all, all I'm asking. Just do that. I met him at the vigil Four and a half days later, he walked up to me and he said, Chaplain, it works. This man has gone from not knowing God to communicating with God. Now, the one thing that I do understand about all of this is, and this is the church sort of loses this in our desire to evangelize the world, is that the job description of the Holy Spirit is to convince men of sin, righteousness, and the judgment to come. Not ours. Our job is to disciple. And that's what I just did. I discipled this guy to learn how to pray. And I will tell you now that the Holy Spirit at work in and through this man will teach him as to be able to say, not any further, I need peace, but when times go crazy, um, he might cry out for help. He might, etc. And I just now leave that to the Holy Spirit. He's bigger than me. I'm just his instrument. And that's one of the things that I just believe is that how you work, how we work, how I work on the streets in a crisis. And I mean, we've stood with people after watching people get shot. We've stood with people who have been around uh, when there's been a stabbing. We've stood with people when there's been a critical incident. And that's what we do. We... We do that. We stand with them. And that's your opening, church. That's your door opening. Don't try and preach on the streets. Even the fundraisers don't do that any longer, or much anyway. 
what is worthwhile is finding ways just to open doors. And when you open that door, that is where the Holy Spirit will begin to work in and through you as you disciple others as to how to pray, how to uh, acknowledge God, how to to care for one another, um, taking them too deeply into um, the uh, discipleshiping process mm-hmm. when they have no knowledge of God is it's, it's silly. You're creating something out of season. Find what their season is and work within that season. Absolutely wonderful. And uh, our guest in the studio is Lance Murgard from Chaplain Watch. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can call now, 1-800-316-316. Maybe you've got a question about chaplaincy. Uh, maybe, you've got a, maybe you'd like some prayer. Maybe you've just heard Lance sharing that and you'd like him to pray for you. You can call through any time. Uh, we've got uh, another 10 minutes or so with Lance in the studio. Call now, 1-800-316-316. Now, mate, uh, if people want to find out more, the website is chaplainwatch.org.au. Exactly. They can find you online. And uh, we've talked a bit about the Nightwatch chaplaincy. Mm-hmm. Uh, working in the uh, Fortitude Valley, inner city area of Brisbane. What's the other areas, uh, other programs you run? So the other project, main project that we've got, and we've just started it up, coronavirus got right in the mode, mode of everything, so I'm just just cross at that. But anyway, <laughs> I'm really cross. But uh, it, it's, it's actually quite interesting because in the midst of all of this, we're still being able to do things. Mm. So we're starting an, a, a project called Community Crisis Chaplaincy to be able to respond to incidents that happen in and around our city. Now, any church, any organization can duplicate this idea. Um, what you need to have is that you need to be well-badged. So, first of all, you need to have some sort of chaplaincy training. That just gives you the grounding, and it also gives you the author authorization uh, because you have got training. So... Uh, there are uh, the Baptist College at Malling uh, does uh, chaplaincy training. Um, Hope Church down in, uh, is in uh, on the Gold Coast does chaplaincy training, um, and uh, uh, Alpha Crucius uh, College does chaplaincy training, or anywhere that does chaplaincy training within whatever denomination you're in, you'll find that type of thing happening. Now, that's a generalist idea, that, so that you get that basic training. So to be able to have those chaplains then to be able to available to come into what we are developing now as this community crisis chaplaincy, the idea is that I now have my phone on 24-7 and at the moment we hear of an incident that takes place that we think requires our response, we will go there. Now our training is in secondaries. The police and ambulance turn up to a scene Mm -hmm. and they cordon the area off and they deal with the primaries, whether they're victims or uh, those that are being charged or the direct witnesses. But standing outside the thin blue line will be bystanders, onlookers, friends, family, um, others, neighbours who are drawn to the scene because of what they heard on the radio or what they have uh, heard by the helicopters overhead or police sirens and all those type of things or what is going on and they turn up now they can they will turn up and each one of them will be in various stages of trauma because of what they see when they see a shooting and they see someone die or they see someone uh, who has that uh, there has been a a, a, a fatal ha- house fire or there's been a a missing person where that we really suspect there's going to be some bad news at the end or where there's a siege 
or whatever. So we turn up to those and we deal with people outside the thin blue line. Mm. We walk up. We are um, and can I can I say this? Uh, you know, and, uh, there's no apologies. I'm very very grateful to be able to say that the LGBTIQ community has taught me something. Um, well, reinforce something that the Lord taught me. Can I put it that way? The Lord said, "Don't hide your bushel, uh, your light under a bushel." Okay, LGBTIQ says loud and proud. So we turn up. We are in purple, as you can see. I've got chaplain written all over me. My mm-hmm. car just glistens with chaplaincy. Um, and when we turn up, we are then, no one even questions us. Mm. We walk in because Australians accept chaplains. Yeah. More than pastors have been sullied recently, priests have been sullied recently. Um, you know, but chaplains haven't. You, you were talking about your mother being a school chaplain. Chappies are just loved mm, in the military, uh, in the you know, in in, in SES, in in mm. uh, you know, th- there are chaplains everywhere, mm. and they are the most amazing men and women. Uh, so we turn up as chaplains who have been trained and certified, mm-hmm. and we we just walk in and we just take over. The police just give us free reign outside the blue line, and we start to deal with people, Wonderful. and we meet them. Mm-hmm. At each point. Wonderful. So good. We're talking to Lance Murgard uh, from Chaplain Watch. And if you'd like to have a chat, give us a call, 1-800-316-316. We've got Jenny from Portland and Victoria. Victoria, how are you, Jenny? Jenny, are you there? Okay. Oh, actually, let me just uh, click on the right button here and uh, bring her on. I'm, I'm still getting to know this new system here. Jenny, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, Jenny, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Have you got a question or comment for Lance? I just want to say well done, Lance, with what you're doing, but when he's talking about um, what I think he's talking about earlier was like accidents where multiples are killed and things like that, I get very frustrated because I think, why don't these people, instead of going out and committing these sort of acts, why do they not think that God is relevant? Why do they not come to a church for help? What are we doing wrong? Why do we do the ambulance picking up the pieces instead of being the one that stops it happening? So can I just turn that around and just uh, say, Jenny, that uh, so why doesn't the church go out? Mm. Why isn't the church out there? Mm. Um, I'm a pastor. I'm out there. I'm out there. Come and join us. You're in Portland. (laughs) You're in Portland. Go and do it, girlfriend. Go and do it, sister. <laughs> Gee whiz, don't wait for anybody to turn you. Go and start doing something. Find find out where the Lord will put you. You go and test the waters. You see what's out there, and open doors will start to happen. And all God needs is laborers. That's all he wants. He wants laborers. He doesn't want skilled practitioners. He wants laborers just to go out into the fields. It's on your shoulders, girl. Okay. There you are. <laughs> There's a good challenge for you, Jenny. <laughs> yep, there you are. Thanks for your call. If you'd like to call through and have a chat with Lance Murgard from Chaplain Watch, phone lines are open 1-800-316-316. And uh, I think uh, you're touching on a, a really good point there, Lance. Uh, a lot of um, people have been rethinking church during COVID because people can't come to buildings at the moment, but we can go out to the streets. Um, the the uh, ministry I'm involved with, we couldn't have our soup kitchen in the building so we had to send people out to all the shelters. So we'd go around to all the 14, 15 different shelters around Brisbane, taking them a meal, yep. give them a feed, yep. and then we offer them a word for today devotional. Yep. 
And we said, would you like us to pray for you? Same as you. Yep. And we've seen over 100 people come to Christ in the last few months yep. and uh, a whole bunch that are still thinking about it. Yep. <laughs> but you just got to, I think that's, you know, for the church to actually be the church, we've got to get out of the church, out yep. of the four walls and yep. on the streets. Yep. Um, tell us a bit about how people could get involved if they want to, you know, get serious about being a chaplain in their part of Australia. Um, <clears throat> there are... There are chaplaincy ministries all around Australia that you can become involved with, um, so you need to know what your calling is. So God calling to you work in the prisons? Mm-hmm. Is God calling you to be a military? Uh, is God calling you to mm-hmm. uh, to work uh, with uh, uh, on the streets yeah. uh, with the homeless? Is God calling you to work in uh, down at the local fish market, just going to meet everybody that's down there? Does God calling you to, to go to your local mall? Mm. And and uh, just become a pastor mm. slash chaplain, ja- slash, you know, just, my just wife to be able to. Lo- my, life, my wife would love that. She's got a real shopping ministry, she tells me. She's always out there <laughs> doing retail. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you're exactly right. You've got to that, find that's, a M, that's a little M ministry. <laughs> but you've really got to find your harvest field, don't you? Yeah, mm. and this is the thing. You can't be led by good desire. Mm. You have to be led by, and I'm sorry to do this, you've got to be led by God desire. Yeah, that's good. And if it is God-birthed, it will have life. Mm. If it is good-birthed for a Christian, Mm. it will die on the vine. Mm. So true, so true. Well, it's about time to wrap up uh, today, Lance. Uh, Once again, congratulations on the uh, Order of Australia medal which was yesterday given for services to the community for both New South Wales and Queensland uh, from the the Governor. Congratulations on that. Uh, You've also uh, got uh, a whole bunch of uh, stuff available at your website. So if people want to find out more, they can go to chaplainwatch.org.au. People uh, might want to volunteer, might want to connect, might want to... Uh, make a donation, support. You, you, you still take donations? You, you're certainly, okay with that? Certainly, <laughs> certainly do. You know. um, can I just just quickly jump in? Yep. In that uh, we would love to find, if there's any chaplains, especially within the uh, southeast Queensland area, mm-hmm. from my perspective, and they would like to be part of this community crisis chaplaincy, we're going to be doing an upskilling soon. And if you are a chaplain and you would like to be on call with us so that you could be called out to an incident, mm-hmm. uh, please jump on the website, go to volunteer, uh, and uh, just send us your information. We'll get back to you instantaneously or as quick as possible and uh, be able to uh, that do, do that. We're looking for labourers. Okay, good stuff. Uh, once again, if people do want to make a comment at Facebook, they can vote at the poll, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. And uh, it's been a privilege having you with us today, Lance. Uh, once again, if people want to find out more, they can go to the website. Uh, it is uh, chaplainwatch.org.au. Uh, God bless you, mate. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Matt. It's been an absolute pleasure. Blessings all. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.